Women of Excellence, Where Art Thou? draws attention to the daily pressures that many women are faced with in today's society. It drives home the message that our focus should be on our family, faith, and our fellowship with Christ, and all else falls in line. Women of Excellence, Where Art Thou? The Exceptional Pursuit of Faith, Family, and Fellowship, written by Patricia Shaw. Women of Excellence, Where Art Thou? Available on Amazon for Kindle and paperback. Have you ever wanted to become a contributor in a magazine? Are you looking for inexpensive magazine advertising? Now is your time to shine. Classy Woman Magazine features passion-driven business owners for one flat fee of $175, and they currently have openings for businesses in all industries. Call advertising at 239-325-1888 or visit their website at www.classywomanmagazine.com if you'd like to be featured. Like their Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Classy Woman Magazine and receive a discount on your first featured article. Classy Woman Magazine currently reaches over 200,000 women worldwide. Are you living the one life? What is the one life? When you become a Wake Up Now preferred customer, you instantly gain access to everything to make your life wonderful. Nutrition and energy products, discount shopping, premium vacations at wholesale pricing, personal financial software, identity theft protection, free deals, restaurant coupons, exclusive offers for car rentals, hotels, and more. Plus, when you refer others, you even make money with no sign-up fees. Wake up now and start living the one life. Visit www.djohnston.wakeupnow.com. Hello, everyone. This is Brian Parker with Bright Pen Travel. Calling in to talk about car rentals uh, this week. Wanted to do that. It's been a while, and um, <laughs> know that we definitely have some folks that uh, would love to uh, know a little bit more about what you should and should not do and things to expect when it comes to renting a car. And, uh, yes, Catherine, part of it was uh, inspired by you and uh, renting a car, but mostly in general because it had been a while since I'd rented a car. And uh, quite recently, I rented one uh, for my daughter's uh, prom where I was actually driving her around. And... I thought it was going to be a pretty easy process, and it was actually pretty easy. There were some uh, easy parts with it. I actually ended up uh, doing everything online. Uh, she just had to have a convertible, and um, I went along with it. It cost a little bit more, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but um, 
so I rented the car, and when I got to the rental place, um, I almost didn't get the car. It was pretty much uh, foregone that I wasn't going to be able to get the car. <clears throat> and it was because um, they said the car was a premium car, and that is a luxury car. It could be a luxury SUV like a Navigator or an Escalade, um, could, you know, then of course, like I said, I had a convertible for a Mustang or anything of that nature um, that was like non-economy, non-standard car. And those particular cars required, and that's something that I want to talk about too, is the way car rentals work mostly, um, they require a major credit card. Now, if you don't have a major credit card, there are some that will take a large deposit, normally two to three hundred dollars um, in lieu of a major credit card. Now understand the deposit is really for uh, damages that could happen. Most of the time it's to uh, ensure there won't be damages. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, there are folks that rent cars out and aren't very careful in particular in how uh, they keep up with the rental car and they turn back in and their damages. Well, if someone just provides you a payment for the rental and there's no deposit, there's nothing to guarantee that car rental place that they're going to get their investment back in one piece. So understand it's not that they're just trying to charge an absorbent amount of money uh, for a deposit, but it has to be able to cover it. You know, even when I work in a hotel, and I would tell people that pay cash, well, we, I'm able to take your cash, but I'm also going to require a $100 deposit. You know, they look at you all kinds of ways, but, you know, let's think about it. Most of you that are listening to my voice own at least one flat screen television. Okay? Now, I don't yet, <laughs> but I know most people out there own at least one. And whether you got it on, sale at Black Friday or whether you paid full price at Best Buy, wherever you got it from, you know that that flat screen TV costs you well more than $100. You know that. So the logic is, is if your flat screen television got damaged, would $100 replace it? Absolutely not. So think about that when you're at a hotel and they say, we're going to require a $100 deposit. Well, the money that you pay for the room is just for you to stay there. It doesn't cover any expense of anything being damaged. So once you start speaking about damages, those can go into the hundreds to the thousands of dollars. Me just taking $100 from you doesn't really uh, cover the expense of anything being damaged, but it at least puts in your mind, hey, I want my $100 back, so I'm going to be as careful as I can be to make sure that that room doesn't have a scratch on it. Now, throwing that back to a car is the same thing. You know, you wreck the car, what's that two, $300 deposit going to do? It's not going to do anything. It's just to put in your mind that there is a consequence. So you can't just show up with cash just for the, the car's going to cost you $150 to rent. You can't show up with $150 and you don't have money for the deposit or you don't have a major credit card. A major credit card is because you have a line of credit with a credit card company 
in the event that there are damages, those damages can be reflected on the credit card. Okay, so that's why. And as uh, I think Cameron found out, the card that you use to reserve has to be the card that you use for the payment and everything. Most of them do that. Don't really have a good reason why other than it's just their normal policy most of the time that the cards you use have to be. And you have to be very careful, too. A lot of people, and I've said this for years, whether it's been car rentals or hotel stays or anything, you got to be careful when, when I say the word credit card. Uh, people got into their minds a long time ago that if the card that I possess has a Visa MasterCard logo on it, um, it is indeed a credit card, and that could be located for the truth. Um, we all know about check cards, debit cards, and what those are. The difference between a check card slash debit card is those cards are tied to a checking account, okay? Um, a true credit card is what it says in name. It is credit. It evolves from a line of credit given to you. You're being given credit in advance of what you have. Having a $5,000 line of credit does not mean that you have $5,000 of your own money. So you have to understand what the difference is. So if someone says a major credit card, they are speaking of a card that is issued with a line of credit, not how much money you have to pay. And there's a difference. The Visa MasterCard logo does not give you 100% of the privileges that come along with a major credit card. It gives you the ease of being able to move money in and out of your checking account easier than just going to the bank, writing a check, transferring, and things of that nature. That's the benefit of having it, but that doesn't make it a credit card. So when someone asks for a credit card, be sure that they need a major credit card and not a debit card. Remember, even though you book it online, a card, and you use a credit or check card, they can't verify online whether it's a credit, whether it's a credit card, a debit card, or a check card. But when you have to go to the counter to get the keys and you hand them the card, they'll know. And they can reject um, giving you the card based on that because they'll have it somewhere buried in the fine print that they had a right to do that. Furthermore, what that means is, is that the money that you just paid online is being held now against your debit account. You can't use that. They'll issue the refund, but it's not instant and automatic, which means that you're going to have to wait. And that could be an inconvenience because you could have taken that money and done something else with it or gone somewhere else. So before you book online, what I would recommend is look at, I mean, find what you want online, call to the agency. Now, the thing that kind of made me mad and why I was able to walk out with the convertible was that I did all of this. I looked, tried to go through that fine print, could not see where a Mustang was considered a premium vehicle in my debit card and the deposit that I had wouldn't be enough. Um, I also called in to the car rental place and I asked to speak to the manager. And I said, hey, I'm about to book an online deal that you have. I want to make sure this is what I have. I have a debit card. Is that okay? Now, he told me it was. So I'm assuming that I'm good. 
I'm assuming that what I have will work. So when I get there and it doesn't, I bring up his name, what he told me, and at the end of the day, I had a good conversation with the guy at the counter, and he was able to work it out for me. Um, so it, it went okay. But you don't want to have to get into those situations. You want to make sure that you talk to someone there that's knowledgeable. They can tell you what their policy is. And remember, too, just because you went to Enterprise in Charlotte and they said it was okay to do a certain thing, you can't necessarily assume that the Enterprise of Memphis does the exact same thing. Some policies are at the manager's discretion. And you have to find out what that is. You have to make sure that um, you know exactly what you can and cannot do. But in most cases, if you have a major credit card, you're mostly okay. It's only when you have to worry about deposits or cash deposits. Or another question was some people want to say, well, Brian, I want to be able to pay for my rental card with one card and then use a separate card as a deposit. And they're not going to do that. Um, you need to make sure that if you got to do a transfer, make sure all the money is on one card. I don't know why they don't like handling more than one card, but they really don't. So just make sure that you understand uh, what you can and cannot do with that. Uh, ask. Make sure you ask. Don't assume. Before you hit that submit button online, make sure that you totally understand. Let's talk about some do's and don'ts of car rental. Um, one of the biggest don'ts when renting a car is don't uh, take the insurance unless you have to. And what I mean by that is, is that they will push and try to upsell everything to you while you're at the counter. Insurance is one of the biggest things. Now, unless you have paid for your car, your personal car, um, and you have very, very bare minimum insurance, you should be covered for being able to drive a rental car. And mostly, if you have uh, liability and collision on your regular insurance, it rolls over to you driving a rental car because it's seen as a replacement vehicle. Um, but double check with your insurance first. But for most policies, you're already covered. You don't gain anything extra by buying their insurance. If you're using a major credit card, MasterCard and Visa, most of those credit card companies even have a provision to cover you um, when, if you're paying with that card, there's already a provision in place for you, so you don't have to buy into their insurance. Uh, another don't uh, that I would say is pretty big is don't buy the fuel. If they say, hey, buy a prepaid tank of gas, don't do it. Go fill up somewhere else. Um, because if you don't use all the gas that you buy from them, they don't look at it, prorate it, and give you a refund back. The next person that gets that car, they sell them a full tank of gas at a reduced price using a lot of the gas that you still have in it. So don't do that. Another thing not to do is don't let them fuel it when you bring it back. This was added on as a 
convenience originally to people that were running late for flights and things like that or just didn't have time to find a gas station, um, they would refill it for you, refill it for you. So before you, when you're leaving the car rental, start looking. Then you know you can bring your car back to and refill it before you drop it off. It was funny because as I was returning, uh, I'm sorry, as I was uh, getting that rental car uh, for my daughter's prom, a couple came in, and I guess they were trying to rush, and it wasn't uh, filled back up. So the attendant told them that he could do it and showed them the price on the counter. It was $9.99 per gallon. $9.99 per gallon. That's almost three times what you pay per gallon that they were charging. So if you have a vehicle with a 12 to 18 gallon tank, um, you're talking about another 130 to $175 worth of fuel. Uh, uh, that that would only cost you about fifty bucks at the most if you just took it around the corner to the gas station. So um, you definitely do not want to fill it up. Um, another don't is don't drive off without inspecting the vehicle. And for most people, you know, that's just making sure that it doesn't have any kind of obvious marks and blemishes and scars, you know, hair uh, and things like that on it. But you want to be a little bit more. Uh, astute and look, kind of touch things to make sure that they're not hanging on by a thread. Um, in this day and age, too, um, take out your camera phone, take steel shot, uh, use your video, and do a, a slow walk around the vehicle and make sure that you're getting all angles and everything. The reason that you do that is, is that nowadays, when you go to turn a car back in, back in the day, uh, somebody would meet you there they walk back over the car with you and they notice something now that's wrong with the car that they didn't previously have checked off, then you get, you're going to get charged for it. Well, now, today, more and more, when you return the car back, a lot of times you leave the keys in the car, you park it in the drop-off spot, and you walk away. And and that's it. I mean, it's not, you know, the personal service like it used to be. So um, what can happen is, is that, you know, a couple of days later, you get a notification that they found something wrong with the car, and you're disputing that it was like that when you got it, and the only thing that may be able to uh, save it being your word against theirs are those still shots in that camera footage that you took before you walked off. If you do notice something before you walk off, the best thing to do is to go back inside and let somebody know so that they can make note of it. Okay? You want to make sure that y'all are on the same page. You know, you get to the, you know, the euphoria of walking out with the car and feeling all good and everything, but remember there are other uh, ramifications that you may have to deal with later that you don't want to deal with, so make sure that you cover yourself. Uh, make sure that you know if there are any mileage restrictions. Uh, how far can I go? Is there a cap on it? Can I, if I live in Detroit, can I drive across the border into Canada with it? Uh, most companies won't let you go into Mexico with it. So if you're in Texas um, and you tell them that you're going to Mexico, that's going to be a no-no. Um, so make sure that you understand. Make sure that you read the fine print. Um, there may be things in there about upgrades that you need to know. The thing about upgrades to remember, too, is if you uh, make sure, number one, that you book early. 
You know, I always, no matter if it's hotel, car rentals, or anything, the early you book, the more flexibility that you have. What a lot of these companies will do is that they will oversell their inventory of economies, meaning that they want to run out of Priuses. They want to run out of Corollas. They want to run out of uh, Focus and Perceivers and things like that uh, so that they can upgrade you to the Camry, to the Ultima, to the Maxima. They want to upgrade you. Now, what they'll do is they'll try to first sell you the upgrade. Um, before they tell you that they're out, they'll just say, I noticed that you reserved a Corolla. I do have a couple of Impala that we can upgrade you to for an extra $10 a day. And you'll say, oh, man, that much more leg room for $10 a day? Absolutely. Sign me up. But what they didn't tell you was is that if you were going to say no, then they were going to act like they look and then realize that they were out of the Corolla anyway and then give you a free upgrade to an Impala. So, you know, sometimes it's a game, and sometimes it's just the timing of it as far as how you get that upgrade. But a lot of times, if you look at economy vehicles, when you get to the counter, um, they'll upgrade you to a higher cost of vehicle because they want to keep their inventory of the lower cost of too. So they try to work the upgrade for you. Okay. Um, and try to make sure that you, uh, you know exactly what you're paying for. A lot of times, though, uh, you want to make sure that you're looking online. Uh, try some of the different travel sites, but also try their site, too, because sometimes they do offer uh, their own online exclusive deals. So make sure that you do your research. Do, 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 do your research. Um, can't stress that part enough. Um, ask as many questions as you can of the uh, uh, agency. Uh, like I said, make sure you read any fine print. If there's going to be any changes to your flight, um, ask them how that affects the payment because if you were coming in on a Thursday, the rate may have been one thing versus coming in on a Friday. So make sure that you understand how that's going to affect it. If you get rerouted to a different airport, you've got to drop your car off at another airport. Find out how that's going to uh uh, uh, change your pricing as well. Okay. Again, make sure that you're checking the vehicle. Um, make sure that they're not trying to throw extra things onto the vehicle that you don't want, whether it's uh, XM radio, uh, if you don't need the GPS navigation system, uh, things like that. Make sure that you're um, always checking for any discounts that they may have, whether it's AARP, AAA, uh, anything associated with a program that you may be a part of. Normally, if you're part of a program, whether it's uh, like a rewards program like Marriott Rewards or Hilton Honors, and they have an affiliation with one of those groups, if you go to that rewards program site, a lot of times it will already tell you, hey, if you're renting a car, make sure you ask them about the Marriott uh, Rewards discount and those kind of things, just so that you can uh, get the best deal possible and make sure that you understand what you may have to show and present at um, the time you pick up the keys to make it all work for you. So, anyway, those are just a, a few things that I had wanted to share with uh, regards to car rental, making sure that you know what your options are renting the car. Oh, yeah, and, and 
you know, first and foremost, too, also make sure that um, you know why you're renting the car and make sure that you rent the right car. The one trip that I took recently was to Bell, Colorado, and uh, one of the guys thought we should just rent a standard car, and I had to remind him that it was snowing at that time of the year. We probably do better with um, a SUV so that we can get all of our luggage in it and something that has some really good tires on it. So make sure that you're renting the right vehicle for the right uh, thing that you're trying to do. And if you're carrying multiple people, remember that there is luggage um, that you're going to have to consider. So make sure you're making the right decision as far as that goes. Anyway, that's uh, what I have for that. And also as a reminder on a different note, uh, the uh, this used to be said cruise, October the 4th for five nights, leaving Miami, Florida to go to the Grand Cayman Islands and Ocho Rios, Jamaica is still on. We are well past any um, deposit uh, deadlines, but for $500 um, per person, we can still get you on to the boat. Please contact me directly at brighttantravel at gmail.com, B-R-I-T-A-N travel at gmail.com, or um, join the fan page uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash brighttantravel uh, for any questions or uh, concerns there. So it's been really nice, and I do appreciate um, your time today. You guys have a marvelous week and a fantastic August, and I'll be talking to you shortly. Thank you. Are you living the one life? What is the one life? When you become a Wake Up Now preferred customer, you instantly gain access to everything to make your life wonderful. Nutrition and energy products, discount shopping, premium vacations at wholesale pricing, personal financial software, identity theft protection, free deals, restaurant coupons, exclusive offers for car rentals, hotels, and more. Plus, when you refer others, you even make money with no sign-up fees. Wake up now and start living the one life. Visit www.djohnston.wakeupnow.com. Have you ever wanted to become a contributor in a magazine? Are you looking for inexpensive magazine advertising? Now is your time to shine. Classy Woman Magazine features passion-driven business owners for one flat fee of $175, and they currently have openings for businesses in all industries. Call advertising at 239-325-1888 or visit their website at www.classywomanmagazine.com if you'd like to be featured. Like their Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash 
Classy Woman Magazine and receive a discount on your first featured article. Classy Woman Magazine currently reaches over 200,000 women worldwide. Have you ever wanted to become a contributor in a magazine? Are you looking for inexpensive magazine advertising? Now is your time to shine. Classy Woman Magazine features passion-driven business owners for one flat fee of $175, and they currently have openings for businesses in all industries. Call advertising at 239-325-1888 or visit their website at www.classywomanmagazine.com if you'd like to be featured. Like their Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Classy Woman Magazine and receive a discount on your first featured article. Classy Woman Magazine currently reaches over 200,000 women worldwide. Women of Excellence, Where Art Thou? draws attention to the daily pressures that many women are faced with in today's society. It drives home the message that our focus should be on our family, faith, and our fellowship with Christ, and all else falls in line. Women of Excellence, Where Art Thou? The Exceptional Pursuit of Faith, Family, and Fellowship, written by Patricia Shaw. Women of Excellence, Where Art Thou? Available on Amazon for Kindle and paperback.
thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. We are here with one of our newest commentators, Ms. Angel Dunworth of StreetLightHalo.com. Every time she comes and joins us, there's a heavy topic, things that need to be said, things we need to be made aware of, whether it's with ourselves or our loved ones. All right, Angel, what do you have for us today? I'm like, I'm nervous because I'm sure it's going to be something that's going to have us on the edge of our seats and definitely um, being more mindful of the things and people and behaviors around us and within ourselves. (laughs) Hopefully I'm not an alarmist. Hopefully I'm helping someone out. Um, Oh, you absolutely are helping, but it's those things that need to be said. It's that elephant in the room, you know, so it's still a little tension there. Okay, all right. So today is a topic that most people don't know is happening, and this is the second part of the disability story that I started the last time. This is my own personal struggle with Social Security insurance. And this is if you are filing for benefits, I think that you should consider this before you bother. Because most people don't know it happens. And lawyers aren't going to tell you until it's too late. Okay, so um, I have, as I've said before, a form of a, of a charge malformation, a, a birth defect not an injury in my spine. Um, so I am unemployable, which the first doctor that diagnosed me told me I was unemployable, yet it took over a year to get Social Security, even with the head of neurology in Florida, saying, you know, she has this. And a neurosurgeon also backing me up, saying she has this. And yet they still make you go through the whole year unemployed, and you have to do those three appeals and get a lawyer before you're going to get anything. Now, yes, you're going to get that whole year that from the time that you filed up to the time that it's judged. But here's the problem with that. You're telling your friends, your family, your, your landlord, I'm going to pay you back when they give me my year's worth of pay. My year's worth of pay, one year of benefits came to less than $1,000. Are you kidding me? I am absolutely serious. And the first check I actually received that was a full check from SFI came to the amount of a whopping, drumroll please, $16. Not 60 16 as in proceeding the number 15. $16. Wow. To pay all my bills. If you are trying to get SSI, I think you need to reconsider. The reason they said that it was so low was because I was one work one year's work credit short of getting full disability. Now, let me explain something. The reason that I had a huge lapse in employment is because I had a terminally ill child. But as far as SSI is concerned, even though you have papers from the leading neurosurgeon in Miami Children's Hospital, uh, they're still going to say that's not a valid reason not to work. It, it doesn't okay. matter that you couldn't hold down a job because a school can call you at any moment, and, and most of the time you're, you're sitting next to a hospital bed. That is not a valid excuse not to work. Wow. So if you can't live on $16, you'd better have a plan B or a degree. (laughs) Get financial aid and 
Angel, are you there? Did you hit yes. mute? Okay. No, I wow. didn't. Okay. Can you hear me? Wow. Yeah, I can hear you fine. I was wondering um, if we got disconnected, but we're still there. I'm I'm like stunned, but it's I, I guess it's one of those things um, in a business. Most businesses will say, "Well, we can't give you extra time off that we don't give somebody else who doesn't have a sick child." And where you know does it become you know con, you know per person like? This situation is, you didn't choose this condition for your child. This is something that you need. So it does make it difficult to hold down a job. The job is not understanding, and then the system, you know, is giving you a challenge. So I, I can't wait. Um, continue. Share with us. Keep telling us more about this. Because there are many people, <coughs> excuse me, that have encountered this, and I'm sure um, they think that they're all alone and nobody else has to deal with this, and what do they do? So I'm waiting to hear some more. Let me also add that on the welfare system, you don't immediately get Medicaid because you have a child necessarily, or at least not the amount that you need. So let me at this moment give a shout-out to um, Miami Variety Children's Hospital and also the Children's Miracle Network. If it was not for them paying my daughter's bills, my daughter would not be alive today. And by the way, she graduated 10th highest in the state of Florida. Wow. <laughs> so I guess... I guess she didn't die. I must have done it right. Okay, the, <laughs> after a couple of years of getting that $16, they raised it to a whopping $105. Since I'm not a gerbil, I can't live on that either. But at least I was able to pay my phone and get some toilet paper, right? Eventually, right. Because, because it was keeping me from a public program, okay? There's a public program here for people that are ill or homeless, so that you can actually get medical treatment because Medicaid will just keep referring you and misdirecting you until nothing gets paid for and you don't get to see doctors unless you sit at a clinic and want to go home with pneumonia every time. Um, but there was a public program here that was actually considering doing a surgery for me that might have corrected this problem before it got so bad. Okay, so I, I called SSI. I said, you know, I really, your $16 a month is kind of insulting. I, I really don't need the $16 a month, I want to get F off of SSI. And this is exactly what happened. They released me over the phone. They told me I was released, right? And then they told me to bring my finance records down, you know, to confirm everything, which I did, okay? Then, instead of canceling me, they doubled my benefits, okay? So you got a whopping $32? Um, actually, at the time, with the du with the double benefits, I ended up the hundred and two with the figure of one hundred and two. Uh oh. Okay, I called every number until I got somebody to file for me, and they said that in fourteen days I would receive a letter releasing me from my benefits. Okay. Fourteen days later, I get a letter. I was so excited because it's a very empowering feeling to get off welfare. I opened the letter. They had not only doubled them, they had added the Medicaid back so that I couldn't get the public program, and they had added food stamps, which I did not apply for. <laughs> um, and I would have actually gone down. I didn't use the food stamps or anything, but I, I was afraid to go down and cancel the food stamps because I thought if I canceled the food stamps, they're just going to send three wise men to my door with, like, in frankincense and myrrh because <laughs> I think I figured out why the economy's in trouble. And the really thing that really angered me at the time was my dad couldn't get his SSI 
And here I'm telling them, I don't need this. Why don't you send it to my dad? <laughs> but they didn't want to do that. Um, SSI ruled me disabled, and then they ruled that I was not. And, and, and it was basically because they misfiled the form. So what happened after that was they had decided, okay, I was stuck in a wheelchair, so my father-in-law gave us money to put down on a house that was big enough for the wheelchair and to acquire a used van, you know, to carry my chair around. Mm-hmm. So even though that's a mortgage that is not paid off and a car payment that is not paid off, those count as assets. So now they want their money back. And every day I get a bill for a larger amount overpayment, and if I don't pay it, they will seize my assets. And wow. they are allowed to do that. I called three different lawyers, and one of which which was retiring, so I guess he wasn't really worrying about anything you know, coming back on him. He said that it's completely legal, and no lawyer is ever going to take these cases. It happens all the time. The reason being because if you can afford a lawyer, you don't need SSI. Beyond that, you oh. don't see a regular judge. You see the administrator in the SSI office, which means it's their money. They want it back, and they don't really care whose problem it is, period. He informed me that wow. the government can demand repayment any time of any benefits when and if they decide regardless of the reason. So if you're just on food stamps to be on food stamps, you might want to get off those unless you've got a lot of money saved up. <laughs> So, as instructed by the lawyer, I spent the day at the local office explaining my house, my wheelchair, van, to this woman behind a desk who announced, I am quoting, we don't want to hear your excuses. Well, yes, ma'am, you're absolutely right. I got this birth defect and had this terrible, debilitating disease just to screw with your day. Thank you so much. Hmm. Um so I signed and I presented everything that I was asked to in order to resolve this situation. And then I called. It's been a month. I've heard nothing. I've gotten a bill every day that's higher than the last one, which is actually adding up to more than what they actually gave me. I called today to resolve the situation, only find out she didn't file the form. So now I'm delinquent, which means wow. there are extra charges. Here's the kicker, guys. You're going to laugh at this when I tell you. Um, did you know that active drug addiction and active alcoholism is a legal right to receiving disability benefits? That is the truth. So, you know, I can be sober and in a wheelchair and not get benefits, but if I'm if I'm flaming drunk, boy, they're going to pay up. And and this, the only reason I know that is because my sister ended up having to pay workers' comp on a claim of someone who came to work drunk and fell down, and then when she looked it up, she found out he was getting SSI also for being an active drunk, which is ridiculous. Why are we paying people to be drunk? I must have been doing it wrong when I was an active alcoholic because nobody ever paid me to be drunk. (laughs) Okay, now the reason that this is so huge to me is not only because people don't know about it and that it happens all the time, it's because in, in San Antonio, we hear all the time, we still have gas stoves here, we hear almost daily about someone who's elderly or handicapped or or sometimes an entire family dying because they have to use their gas stoves to heat their apartments. Okay? There are so many homeless here that we don't even have a shelter space for them. 
but the public programs are being shut down. And the Medicaid will misdirect you so that you can't get treatment. This is an unfair law practice. And I think that really, honestly, there's only one way to change that, and that's to vote. Get out there and vote. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to rely on other resources, this is exactly what what is going on these days. Food from a church, you know, that you get monthly, that can take over a month to get. You have to file for it. It can take over a month to get. What are you going to eat in that month, straw? Food stamps do not have to pick you up for two months. They don't have to immediately expedite you. There's no emergency food stamps? There is for migrant workers. Are you a migrant worker? No. Ah, sorry. Uh, In order to get a handicapped bus service pass for people who can no longer drive, you have to drive down to the bus station. Medicaid is going to anything that you get. As soon as they have to pay, they're going to misdirect you to a doctor that does not handle that form of Medicaid so that you have to begin the process. Before you begin the process, within a week, you will be canceled from Medicaid. You will have to file for the Medicaid all over again, even though it comes with your disability. With no help, medically, I've managed to launch a publishing company that has shown growth. But I still have to return to the job market, whether I'm employable or not. When I was young, my mother said something to me. She was always on food stamps. And I got to be about 13, and I I knew it all. So I said to her, you know, because I figured she was just laziest, you know what, why don't you just get off food stamps and get a job? And she looked me right in the eye, and she said, this is a system designed to keep you down. And I thought to myself, you see? Do you see how lazy your mother is? Well, this may be the only time I ever say it, but Mom, if you're listening, you were so right. Wow. Just believe it or not, people that are older than me might know more. That's just an amazing thing. Okay. Um, It's not an acceptable excuse for work location programs, even for the handicapped, that you are not capable of sitting at workforce and filling out applications eight hours a day. So if you're thinking that I'll get on welfare and I'll just do the, the vocational workforce thing, okay, it's not like it used to be. You don't go and get three signatures and then punch it on a phone. Mm-hmm. You now go down there, sit there for eight hours a day where they can watch you on the computer fill out job applications. Now, how you're supposed to do that and go to interviews, I don't know, but that's the way it is. If this is not done, they now revoke your benefits. So before you decide you can't work, you better have a plan B, like a job or a degree or a ton of life savings. I missed full benefits by just one year because my child had a brain mass the size of a man's thumb. She had cancer in her brain. You only need to miss one work credit in order to be denied any benefits. I know it's terribly hard. But if there's any way in this world that you can get past not getting on welfare, don't get on it because you'll never get off it. And when you do, they'll demand their money back or they'll take your house and car. I had to spend my entire life savings this last year on my pills and my medications. We're going to lose our house. We're going to lose our car. There's no way around it. So I have to return to work just to have a place to live and possibly something to eat. So you see all of that Help backfired. I just thought people should know before they enter this process. I'm just, I'm stunned. I'm amazed. Um, I've heard that, 
I've heard that, and they make it so easy. Like um, in North Carolina, one of the things is is your child is covered by Medicaid insurance. Um, so I mean, they make it where you're dependent on the system somehow, some way, and that yes, that's but, that's a challenge. But the thing about North Carolina, I'm not really sure where you are. Um, I'm in North I Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was. We lived around Fort Bragg, right around that area. Mm-hmm. At least there, if you had Medicaid, you could take your child to an actual working pediatrician. You didn't sit hours and hours and hours in a clinic and take your kid home sick. There, you actually saw a doctor when I was there, but that was several, several years ago. I have a feeling a lot has changed since then because I don't ever remember the old people just being punished like this for being unable to work anymore. What we are telling people is work your whole life, serve your country, watch your children die in wars, follow the laws, pay your taxes, and when you're 60, eat cat food. Mm. That's exactly what we are doing to our elders. And I know it's not everyone's belief, but to, to a tribal elder like me, that's a sin. You don't do that to your older people. Mm-hmm. But you're disabled. You don't do that to them either. Maybe I just don't fit in this world properly because none of that makes any sense to me. I don't see that it's helping anyone. No, I, sometimes I can't when quite, I can't quite understand it either. I I think that sometimes when we look at someone and we go, "Oh, you're part of the entitlement crowd," we need to understand that a lot of the people that are the entitlement crowd don't want to be entitled. Maybe they don't want to be on welfare. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe they didn't like lay in their bed at night awake and say, "God, when I grow up, I want to be part of the entitlement crowd and and have to pay back benefits and 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 scrounge for food stamps and eat rice and spam for months." They might have not mm. ever said that. Sure, there are people out there abusing it. That doesn't mean that everyone's abusing it. That's true. There still has to be a way to fix this. And I'm pretty sure that if we all put our heads together and worked together, we could figure out how. But I'm, unfortunately, I am not that smart. <laughs> hmm. Now, I, I mean, because all of, all of this sounds frustrating, and I've heard it, you know, in different scenarios. Even um, we have an attorney that comes on the show, and she talks about estate planning and if you plan on leaving money to a loved one, make sure it's not going to mess up any benefits that they're receiving. So if someone passes away and leaves you, you know, some inheritance money, that could mess up you getting SSI or Medicaid or Medicare or whatever benefits you were getting, it could mess you up. So you say, well, no, I want to keep getting my public assistance, so don't you leave me anything. So it's just it's just like this if, vicious If cycle. I had my choice in that situation... I would take the sure thing. The sure thing is the inheritance. <laughs> mm. Honestly. Because if you have to, if you need it, you need it. But you may not be in the position to pay it back when they just decide that it needs to be paid back because someone misfiled the form. I don't understand mm. why we're punishing people because the government has not decided to just get new accountants that know how to file forms. Well, the government definitely is not the most efficient um, processing 
uh, organization, even with all the technology that's out there, it always seems like their offices are so far behind, whether it's customer service or computer technology or whatever. Like, I, I've never understood that. Like, what gives with that? So you're in this, you're in this cycle. You're in this, this weight game. And, I, and, in fact, today someone messaged me, and they have um, another disability, and they were two years without a job because their disability would not allow them to hold down a job. And while they're waiting to file the paperwork and hear back from disability, they lost their home, they lost their car, they have a child, and they're living with a loved one. And the the hard part is they have nothing to contribute. So you know what it's like living with someone. I don't know if you do or not, but living with someone and you can't you can't offer anything. You can't give any kind of um, contribution to the household, and you're completely dependent on them. I can imagine what that's like because I've been partially dependent on someone if I've had to rent a room from them, uh, or I had to stay there for a short period of time, and it's not a fun feeling. It's not you want to get out so bad, and you already feel bad yourself as an adult that you can't take care of yourself, and now you have this person lording over you. So think of that in a hundred times bigger way. The government is not um, there to help you either. They're there, but they're not there to help you with um, a living expense that's going to be livable. I mean, groceries, um, having a, a check or groceries of 105 per month, and if anybody's ever sat down and did their budget with a, a financial planner, they'll say, oh, you should have $100 or $200 per person in the house per month. So if the financial planner is telling me that I should have, let's say $100, I should have $100 for each person in my four-family house. So that's $400 a week that I should be spending for groceries. So what am I going to do with 102 or $105 for a family of four people? And so Another it doesn't is, make sense to me. Huh? If you, another thing is, okay, if you file for disabled housing, you can wait up to five years for that housing. Don't rely on that. And with a wheelchair, I still had to wait two years. But I had already put a down payment on a house by the time I got it. So what do you do in the meantime? Do you live in a, a room, a crate? Where where do you live on $100? Where do you live? Right. Nowhere. <laughs> I I feel I felt so bad when you posted about the woman, about that woman saying mm-hmm. that because it seems so impossible and especially when you're in that situation and you just you know you just wish that you could make your disability go away and go back to work because you would if you could most people would if they could we feel a great sense of pride when we have a job yeah you know it it does yeah. something so for you that you really need mhm you know so when you can't do that, and then you you feel like a leech as well, because you're not yeah. because I I went through that for over a year. What can I contribute? I would cry over it every night. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not doing anything here. The only thing that I could do where I was was to tutor for the homework because I had taught before, um, and wipe the counter. That was my entire contribution for a year. And thankfully, the person that I was living with was like an angel of mercy, and she. And she saw that as very valuable. Got to feel much worse. Yeah. But if you are in need of, if you are a woman with a child, because I don't know what happens to men that are on disability, 
maybe we just forget about them and they just have to fend for themselves, which is terrible. Uh, but if you're a woman with a child and you have a disability, your best bet is to call the domestic shelter. Now, the domestic shelter is probably not going to take you in. They are so overcrowded that there's a lot of times there's a two-month wait or something. And most times these days now you have to show either arrest records or you have to show hospital records, which most abused women don't even have simply because you don't want to set the guy off again. So, but... The thing that they do have there is they have resources. They have branches. Sometimes there's a waiting list, but if you can get on a work ranch that understands that you have a disability and everybody else there is disabled and we're just doing what we can to make the ranch work, at least that's your own. It's your own that you've kind of earned and they can help you get reestablished. The best place to call for resources if you can't get any help from 211, which is almost always going to refer you to food stamps, uh-huh. then the best help that you're going to get, you're going to you're going to find if you call a domestic violence shelter. Even if you're not staying there, they can still tell you what's available to you in your community. So, <laughs> uh, again, I mean, again, a heavy topic. I'm just, I just, I can't imagine being in that situation, not getting the help. I mean, like, you know the answer, but you can't get someone else to provide the solution that you know, okay, I just need a place to stay. Or if they have a place to stay, they don't take kids. Or if they have a place to stay for you, it's overcrowded and you have to wait. And I mean, it's just, it's it's tough. It definitely is tough um, to have an issue that puts you in that situation. And if you don't have people, like you had a great friend, if you don't have people that can support you, you're definitely in a bit of a pickle, you know. So, I mean, I, I know this information will help someone, and I definitely um, I posted that so the young lady could be anonymous and to see everyone's response um, to help her. Because on top of that, I mean, pride and being fearful, you you know, what people are going to think, and, you know, just you're dealing with enough. So if you could have someone in your corner that, you know, can help you get the word out or, you know, get the right resources so that you can, you know, try to do something better for you and your family because the average person does want to take well, care of their That's absolutely true. The day that I cut my food stamps card in half because I'd finally gotten off the of food stamps, I was so proud. I thought mm-hmm. it was all going to be resolved. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. then it got much worse. You know, mm-hmm. But shopping with food stamps card, you see how people look at you. You see how they look yeah. at your children. Yeah. There's no yeah. way you can miss that. Yeah. As if nothing, they, they've they never been down on their luck, so they don't get it yet. Yeah, and, and if they have been, they just, if they have been, all of a sudden they don't remember and they, they're they above, you know, everyone else or whatever. So it's just, it's, it's a fragile place to be in, and, and people want to walk with their head held high, and, you know, they don't, they want a hand up, not necessarily a hand out. And if you find somebody, out of all the people that I know, there's a handful of people that I know are just, they just, they are a leech. They want you just to give them. And there's not a whole lot of those kind of people around. But there are some people that just make it bad for those who could use um, public assistance as a step stone. But the system hasn't been set that way. It's a trap. I absolutely agree with you there. Because, you know, I think the media only reports on what's bad because that gives them good ratings. 
But do you know how much goodness I see in human beings every single day? If you focus on that, you will find it. And you will find it in almost everyone. Yes, there are people using the system. But look around you. Open your eyes. See the other people around you. See the good things they're doing. You know, because there's a lot of people doing a lot of good in this world. It's still a good place to be, and life is still worth living. You know? It so is. I, I agree. That, I think that instead of always viewing people as, oh, because they're on welfare, you should maybe think, you know, that's just another beautiful creation. You know? And then you should go on with your day, because really, whatever's going on in their life doesn't affect you in any way, your mm-hmm. business. Yeah. That's what my nanny used to say. Anytime I had something nasty to say about anyone, she would look me right in the eye and she'd say, mind your business, okay? <laughs> she would tell me, my grandma would tell me that. And See, in that day, you didn't you didn't backtalk your nana either, boy, because you would go cut a switch off a tree then. <laughs> and you had to yeah, pick oh, your yeah. own and you and did that it. Wasn't, look, and that wasn't child abuse then either. <laughs> wow. No, it wasn't. And you know what? I didn't die from it either. I learned, no. like, after the first time, I absolutely learned, don't talk back. Because my grandmother had magical powers. I mean, <laughs> she would she? be she would be three blocks away at the Risa's house, right? And then one of us whispers some nasty little cuss word under our breath, and bam, she'd be back, smack you across the face, she'd be flying off all you'd be like, how'd you do that? You were in the how house. Do you, how do you I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we've enjoyed another heavy topic, exposing the elephants in the room, um, disability uh, claims, public assistance, and just the part two of, you know, dealing with my 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 condition and then seeking to get support for it and or seeking to get some help, you know, so I can continue to live. You know, we're talking about the basic stuff. And I thought about um, what you were saying you know, our elderly people are eating cat food. And I'm wondering if the dog and cat food industry, they do these commercials and they say that they're doing all vegetables or, you know, real fish and beef. Are they doing it because they know that's the situation? Is this all a part of the system that, I mean, and I, I guess that's a thoughtful thing to do um, to make sure that there's real food in that can, of course, for the pets. But we know that our elderly are having to find a way to make their food and their money their money stretch for the month. That's something to think about. That's something. Whenever I see a commercial, that's what I think about because um, it's quite interesting because that's something I've heard over the years, over and over and over, you know, when the elderly are trying to make their money stretch and they go and they buy pet food and they don't have a pet, you know, and it used to be like mush in a can and now they have real chunks of food allegedly. So that's just something to think about, um, really. What are, what are we doing, and are we really taking care of each other like we should? The answer is no, but how do we change that? So, I mean, you get us thinking every time, Angel, when you come on here, and I thank you for that. Before we go, let people know how they can get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said. Okay. I'm honored that you said that. Um, you can get in touch with me. Uh, the resources are on www com. If you want to buy my books, that would be www.cheshiregrin.com. And if you need to get in touch with me personally, um, because you need advice on a situation like this, my email is streetlighthalo 
1-1 at Gmail. It's all one word. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and until next time. On today's Daily Dose of Weird News, new perfume from 1864 coming soon. You want to buy a million-dollar parking spot? We'll tell you how. Married Americans are now in the minority. A man falls off a cliff while sleepwalking. A man buys votes with cocaine and a whole lot more. Today's Daily Dose of Weird News is brought to you by Mission Possible. It's an organization that rescues homeless, starving children from the sub-zero temperatures and dangerous streets of Eastern Europe. You can find out more about Mission Possible at mp.org or call 1-800-729-2425. You can make a donation. $20 will feed a child for an entire month. 1-800-729-2425. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. There's a new perfume based upon a perfume found aboard a shipwreck from 1864. The perfume is suitable for everyone, but it's being marketed to women and children first. So what will a million dollars buy in New York? A diamond-encrusted Cartier men's watch? A small fleet of 2014 Bentley Continentals? Or maybe your very own parking spot? A new development, 42 Crosby Street, is pushing the limit of New York real estate to new heights with 10 underground parking spots that will cost more per square foot than the actual apartments being sold above it. You know, I give this two weeks before somebody realizes that the best solution is to simply just build walls around the parking space and make that the apartment. You know, it'd be more affordable and also larger than a New York living space. The International Tax Competitiveness Index ranking puts the United States at number 32 out of 34 industrialized countries. Uh, Clarification here for uh, President Obama, just like golf, lower numbers are better on this one. Married Americans are now for the first time a minority of the population. 50.2% of 248 million Americans over the age of 16 are single, a first since they started tracking the information in 1976. The never-married population has risen from 22.1% in 1976 to 30.4% today, while divorced, separated, or widowed Americans went up from 15.3% to 20%. Not to worry, though, because babies born out of wedlock are also way up. So it all works out. Wait, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. Coming up next, a man sleepwalks off a cliff. That's coming up next on your Daily Dose of Weird News. with me is Addie O'Connor from Mission Possible. Um, Addie, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Darren. How are you? I am great. Can you give me sort of a a layout of what Mission Possible is all about? Yeah, Mission Possible is a a Christian organization that works with street children in Eastern Europe. Um, Started out as a Bible smuggling organization back 37 years ago when communism was in and 
They couldn't even um, receive Bibles or the, any kind of Christian literature. But when communism fell, we um, had all these connections in Eastern Europe and realized that there was a problem with um, homeless kids on the street. So the ministry changed with the times, and, and now that's, what, that's one of the main things that we do. So Mission Possible uh-huh. has been around for quite some time. Yes, it has. And, uh, of course, now we're asking people to get involved because you are saving children from the streets of Russia. We are. In Russia, there's um, an estimate of 4 million children living on the streets. And um, I know that sounds like such a huge number when that's the population of Ireland is living on the streets. But, unfortunately, that is the latest statistic. So, well, if anybody wants to get involved, uh, the phone number is one 800 729 and if somebody calls, are they speaking with you directly? They are. They're going to get me today, and then they can ask any questions they would like. Thank you very much, Addy. I uh, appreciate the time, and uh, we'll check in with you again yeah. here a little bit later on and get a little more information about Mission Possible. 1-800-729-2425. An Ohio man who was camping with friends in central Kentucky's Red River Gorge is recovering after falling from a cliff while sleepwalking. The man fell about 60 feet and landed in an area with several large boulders. He called it a miracle that the man survived and is expected to make a full recovery. You know, actually, he would have been perfectly fine as he was already halfway across the gorge, walking on thin air, but then some jerk woke him up and, well, he fell like Wile E. Coyote in a Roadrunner cartoon. Federal prosecutors say a 47-year-old man provided cocaine to secure votes for school board candidates in Donna, Texas. Francisco Frankie Garcia paid voters by giving them a dime bag of cocaine. Garcia was arrested last week in Illinois. (laughs) Imagine that, finding corruption in Illinois. You know, I'm surprised that anybody would actually go to such extreme measures just to get elected to a school board. I mean, it's not like you're running for Congress. It's the local school board. And what would you rather find on your hotel pillow, a chocolate or a sleeping pill? Well, a poll conducted for Starwood Hotels and Resorts find almost half of those asked would opt for the sleeping pill. Research firm StudyLogic surveyed 12,500 adults who take an average of at least two trips a year. So, you know what, here's here's the third choice. How about, instead of the chocolate or the sleeping pill, how about chocolate-covered sleeping pills? Uh, yeah, huh, see? See, I got the answers for you right here. That's your daily dose of weird news. I'm Darren Marlar. You can get more weird news anytime, anywhere with the brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app. Get it at dailydoseofweirdnews.com. You can also get more information about Mission Possible and hear the entire interview I had with Addie O'Connor at dailydoseofweirdnews.com. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. 
People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you, it may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. Question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,000.
86,400 seconds in a day and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on eat. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Fine, thanks in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit, despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, Vowed a celibate, we rise.
thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.